You are now tuned into All Bets In with my guys. My guys, my guys, my guys. My guys sports. A man with the dream Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? All bets in with my guy sports episode. What this 11, right? Week 11? Yes, week 11. Hey man, blowing through the uh, NFL season, man. It goes by quick. Um, a lot going on, but glad to have you guys here uh, checking out with us. We're recording on Saturday. Got a later uh, podcast this week, but we'll get this one out to you same day. And uh, be able to check it out before you go in and uh, make any plays or if you just want to check it out just to get a little bit of information uh, from a different side. Um, I'm Spurl on B Spurl, Spurl Online. And uh, here with me, Money Line, Rich Will. How y'all going? How y'all doing today, man? Let's uh, get these. Uh... Get this information to you so you can go out there and make some money. Okay, man. Easy, right? Hey, how'd you, uh, uh, how'd you, uh, how'd you, how'd you look at the, uh, this previous week, man? There's a lot going on, man. Uh, a lot of, uh, it's crazy because this time of the season, you start seeing the, uh, you know, a lot of landmines out there, so to speak, as far as in the, in these lines and, you know how these books are moving these lines. I mean, I went two and zero. There's a lot of games I probably left on the table, and there's a lot of games I'm glad I stayed off of. But I mean, I took a little small little uh, parlay with the Rams, and they got demolished. Even though I knew that the Rams probably weren't going to win, I just you know it was, it was the public was hammering it at uh, 98% tickets on the on the Rams at that time. So I just felt like I jumped on board and. And it was completely opposite of what my view was on the uh, on our show last week. So that was one of the things that just catch you off. Hey man, it's uh, it's uh, it, it, and it's funny you say that because even I had one um, on a show too that I talked about that I end up um, putting on there on the on the page one one and three. So that's that's never. That's never good, and you know I didn't I didn't have any um, I didn't have any plays that you know tickets that I placed money on. I just put those up. Uh, uh, try to give the picks uh, throughout the sh- uh, throughout the um, you know the season uh, when I can give some picks. Um, but that uh, on the show I'm talking about the Vikings. Um, liked them on a on a teaser to plus eight and a half, and and I post uh, the Chargers. Um, so just just a few just was like man I didn't even have to uh, I didn't even have to look that way on that game because that wasn't my initial thoughts and you know that's the psychology of it you know people think it's just uh, you know you're going out there and just making picks but sometimes you know um, when you do have money on the line uh, and you do want to make a play uh, it's so much about really trusting your uh, being able to refer back to your gut and your initial instinct because more times than not, you know, whatever draw drew you to the game initially, 
um, there's something there for you to not really pull away from. So, um, man, it's, it's, it, that's, that's what it was, uh, this week. For, I feel like, um, um, even on like Spur Online, I did have, you know, Dallas and Carolina, and we talked about that Carolina game and, um, and then I also had Green Bay first half and Green Bay. And it was like, so there was some that, I, you know, really felt good about, but, um, just the, the swap of which ones are posted where, and um, that's that's the part that can kind of get you mixed up a little bit. So, no, um, uh, but yeah, no, two, you got two and oh, uh, one and three, so three and three on that page uh, and through, um, what, 11 weeks, um, you know, at 69% as far as plays posted on the page. So, um, no, I think that's fairly, fairly good. And, you know, just like these teams have ups and downs, lose games, win games, uh, we have to be able to continue to move on and do the same. And, you know, you might have a week where you don't don't perform as well, but the next week could be that, you know, that week that you have a great week. So it's just about trying to stay steady. Absolutely. I agree fully. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, anything you, anything else you had about last week before we just jump into these games, or um, the cow, the Cowboys bait line was probably the the, the most uh, I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen a book assassinate the public so so bad last week. That line just opened up and then it just dropped. You know what I mean, dropped heavy, and it got pretty much ever scared most people off of, it, and then it got a heck of people on it. And it just was, it was it was over from the jump. Oh man, not even close. <laughs> yeah, not even remotely close. So that, that was something I noticed. Yeah, and um, oh, even the uh, um, even the 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 Chiefs Raiders game. I mean, I think me and you had talked about that game before. He was like, man, it's just something. Um, fishy about that game man like it, it got it got a, it got Chiefs possibly blowing them out written on it and yeah, um, exactly and and I didn't ask myself that that critical question you know is there path to a blowout in this game you know what I'm saying yeah. like, and that's one I didn't stew on long enough so it's like that one was one that was unexpected and it was just simple as um the Chiefs were rolling early. They got in a rhythm, and once the Raiders couldn't keep up with them no more, it was you know it was it, it was uh, it was a wrap. And I think what I'm seeing with the Raiders right now, is some of those off the field things and losing uh, certain guys are starting to eventually that catches up with you. You know, it seems like they did a decent job in the beginning of kind of pushing through, but you know sometimes things like that weigh on you. Um, even though they could bounce back this week, but but it's still, you know, it's still a lot of it's a lot. They went through a lot, man. Um, um yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> There's just a lot, a lot going on. You lose rugs, you lose your head coach. I mean, it just that's just a term. It's a lot, man. That defense is stable and put together, but a head coach who's been an assistant for thirty years and never got an opportunity, and now he has opportunity. I don't think Mike may. I mean, I'm surprised they handled it this well. Honestly, like the week after, come back and just win, and then the next week lose rug and still compete. So they've done their job, but man, I mean, I don't think anybody could survive this kind of this kind of nonsense. 
outside of Tom Brady and Rodgers. I don't think there's many quarterbacks who could could handle that kind of stuff. Oh man, it, it just a uh, just a lot going on. So you definitely uh, I agree with that. You gotta wonder where where that mental is and um, you know fitting in new pieces. It's just you know big distraction. Absolutely. That's um, all I really had on that last week. That was that stood out to me. Oh, and uh, almost, um, I think um, a, a team that's, and we talked about them at the beginning of the season, that they were going to be um, overachieved and be in position to really compete in the AFC, and that's the Patriots. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of gaining a little, gaining some steam. Um, defense is dominant. Offense is slowly, you know, um, getting better. And, um, you know, they're they're right there in the mix to, to I, I mean, I think they can probably compete with pretty Buffalo, much anybody. <laughs> yeah, anybody. I mean, they're, one, they're, they're one game behind Buffalo. Yeah. And Buffalo doesn't beat the Colts this week, then the New England will become number one in that division. That, that quick. I don't know what's going on with the Bills, but they better figure it out because that's not something I would want to play in the playoffs. Well, what would you put that game at? Um, right now, let's say if they played in – let's say if they played in New England, what would you put that uh, Probably two and a half, maybe two. Two in New England favorite, two and a half? Yes, yes, a slightly slight favorite to Buffalo because – I just can't come out here and say that um, Buffalo is, is is that much better than <laughs> than New England. The Patriots defense is definitely better, and Patriots are running the ball. They, I think they might have found their two headed monster, and the double tight end sets they getting everybody involved. The only thing Buffalo I think has better than them is a receiver and a quarterback. And right now the quarterback play is not too far off. Not too far off. You, I mean. Yeah, respectively, <laughs> you, you know, it's uh, that's real. I, I was gonna say the same. I was gonna say probably New England too. Uh, yeah, I most. couldn't, I couldn't be, uh, I, I couldn't be, so, you know, mad at the two and a half either. Uh, it's not bad. Okay. Yeah, no, I had to, you know, they they playing playing well, man. So um, that's one uh, to look for. Um, you know, as far as getting steam going into the. Uh, going to the stretch of this season and you know Belichick teams typically get better as the season goes on and as it gets colder and as the game slows down you know he's uh he's usually been pretty uh successful um in that regard so um so uh let's go ahead and uh hop into this week week 11 um we already seen uh had one game so far this year uh this week and that's the Patriots going into Atlanta, uh, beating the Falcons 25-0 to zero on Thursday night football. Um, and our first game we're going to break down, uh, we got the Lions at the Browns. Uh, this game is uh, Cleveland 12-and-a-half uh, with a total of 42-and-a-half. This one opened Cleveland 10, total 46-and-a-half. So um, some movement towards the Cleveland side and definitely uh, – uh, movement on the under as this is going to be a, uh, a weather game. Uh, um, expect um, uh, about 80% chance of rain. It's supposed to actually probably snow that following day. 
so this can be a, a real ugly game there in Cleveland. Um, Lions coming off that tie on the road uh, against the Steelers, um, giving them the secure of that they um, won't lose every single game this year. So, um, and then you got the Browns coming off again, uh, whooped on pretty bad down there in New England, uh, 45 to seven. Um, so seems like uh, what, what we think would be a bounce back spot here for the Browns. But um, I know we were talking about this game a little bit more uh, in detail, um, you know, off the off the show. But uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this game as we're here uh, day before kickoff? Um, like I, said, I, I'm, I think Cleveland should cover the 12. Um, the only angle I really have is the first half, which I think is at six and a half now. Um, even the the money line is, you know, 61% of the cash is on Detroit and 37% of the tickets are on um, of them as well. But as far as the, the points, it's dead even, really. 51 cash, 49 for Cleveland cash, 54% of the tickets are on Detroit, 46% of the tickets are on Cleveland. So everybody thinks this game could be a lot closer. Um, and then 98% of the cash is on the over. Completely. So um, it was just game to me. Like I said, I would take the first half. If Tom Boyle starts in the rain and the weather, it might take him a little bit to get rolling. And this Detroit team has always been a team that seemed to come back for wins. So I think if you don't get it angle anywhere, get it early. Um, a lot of injuries. You know, still no Odell. You know, he's gone now. Um, you know, no, uh, no cream hunt, but you get Chubbs back. You got double tight ends, but they just haven't been – the offense just hasn't flowed, really. They don't really have a true identity. Let's say it's going to pound you to the ground. We don't know how healthy Chubbs is. Um, but that defense, obviously, has played solid in a way they got embarrassed last week. Um, I would uh, fully expect them to uh, – they've been getting embarrassed a lot of times this season, honestly. So, I would expect them to come out there and show some kind of pride. I think they've given up 40, what, twice? For tw two or three times this year? So that at some point, yeah, at some point you got to have some kind of pride in your defense and go out there and, and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, 45 to the Patriots, um, 47 to the Chargers, 37 to the Cardinals, 33 to the Chiefs. So a couple, a couple of high-scoring games there. Um, yeah, it's um, – yeah, I mean, I don't know. This seems to be what Cleveland does. You know, they um, they'll perform bad or underperform, and uh, they'll come out and respond the next game, uh, typically. Um, and they'll beat up, you know, beat up on bad teams. I would so uh, I would think um, this seems to me like a, a Cleveland, uh, ugly Cleveland spot. Um, I, I don't like uh, Detroit expending a all that energy last game um, and ended in a tie. And now you got to rev the engine back up and play against a team who just got embarrassed. And, you know, they need the game, you know, to stay in contention. Like they, you know, this is a game that Cleveland won't have any intentions other than going out and getting that, you know, bad taste out their mouth. Um, but, you know, even with the, the new uh the new quarterback is like okay let's say he gets out there and gets comfortable makes a few runs and 
you know, he, he, I mean, you just never know, especially in the second half. So, you know, that's why I'm kind of with you on the first half. Um, I think that's a, that's the juice spot where, you know, you're going to get the, um, the most focused, uh, steady focus of Cleveland effort or not. Um, yeah. Cleveland effort is in that first half. Um, I agree. You got um, Detroit is last in thir- uh, 30, uh, actually 31st in first half scoring uh, at 6.6 points for first half. And our 31st in first half defense, giving up 15.1 um, points per first half. So, you know, their margin right there um, is, is pretty high as far as, uh, you know, how they perform in the first half. Then you got Cleveland eighth in first half scoring at 13, uh, 13.5. And then the Lions are just not really good against the run, which is what Cleveland wants to do and get an ugly game with rain. I I expect Cleveland to just pretty much just pound the football uh, on the ground. Lions 30th in rushing yards per game defensively and and even in through air. Um, even, so even if you get you you can't stop the run now you're giving up play action at 32nd and yards per pass giving up as well so um, you know uh, it's 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 a it's a tough game as far as for Detroit um, you know to be able to just stay within this you know in the second half Cleveland could you know be up and and just coast. You know, and then when that happens, you know, second half teams get desperate, you know, anything could happen. They could cover a full number. But, um, yeah, I would say first half is probably the juke spot in this game. So that's uh, that's definitely one I got on my list here as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that fully. I think they should just go ahead and take care of business. Yeah, no, no time to be playing around with that. So, yeah, so keep an eye on that weather game. Um do you do – what do you think as far as uh, – it's 12 and a half now. Um, you know, I know we kind of talked about the money um, and and w- what what part of the public is putting their money on this game. But it's moving the opposite direction. I mean, what they uh, – Detroit was getting a reasonable amount of money. What do you see this this line doing come, come tomorrow? Um, I think it kind of stays where it's at, maybe back down to twelve at the most. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of cash on the, on the actual money line too. The the spread is even. The money line is where it's coming in. Detroit, Detroit. Think people just like Detroit playing hard and two bottom of the barrel, you know, history of franchises. So I think maybe they're just trying to get some money and get some play. I doubt yeah. there's like hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in. On that side, so yeah, gotcha. All right. Um, next game we got here, uh, we got the Packers at the Vikings. Um, this line has been uh, been pretty weird. I'm, I'm, I mean, you you probably can get it at Pickham, Green Bay half a point, Green Bay one point uh, minus one. I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay minus one and a half is out there. I think Stations actually had it at one and a half um, and the total at 47 and this open Green Bay two and a half uh, with a total of 50 and a half. So um, some um, brought that total down to 47 
and then uh, been getting some some Vikings push here in the line. Um, Packers coming off a um, a win at home against Seattle, uh, shut out Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Uh, first time he's been shut out in his career. Uh, defense was uh, pretty dominant. Uh, both quarterbacks looked a little uh, looked a little out of sync, uh, which you know we expected with that Green Bay first half. And the Vikings coming off a big roll win, finally get over the hump, um, beating the Chargers 27-20. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you kick this one off too. I know it's a uh, uh, Packers team. You got a really good feel for how they perform in these, uh, you know, in these environments. What's your thoughts on this one going into going into Sunday? Um, I mean, I still like. The, I mean, I, I got an angle on it first half Vikings, but I don't. I don't trust this Vikings team to to go in there and beat Green Bay. It's a it's a tough spot. Green Bay has the Rams on the schedule next week, so you know. It's probably very imperative that they take care of this division game. But, I mean, they can afford to lose this game and essentially the next game and, and still win out their division. So, I think for them, it's uh, just looking at where the money's going. 52% of the, of the cash is on the Packers on the spread. 70% of the tickets on the Packers. 59% of the cash is on the Packers for the money line, along with 62% of the tickets. So, even though this line has dropped, the money is still on on on, on the Packers side. I think the only reason why Minnesota is getting anything because it's tough to play in Minnesota. It's very loud. That's when the loudest stadiums in the NFL loud, and obviously it's a division game. There's history, and and let's be honest, we gotta give Kirk Cousins credit. I mean, he's played out of his mind, and he has two receivers that are playing out of their mind, and I think for him that's that's gonna be good. But the key thing is for me is. If they can't get any pressure on – you can't get any pressure on Kirk Cousins, then the game is going to be mildly crazy. They just need to have some – if they get some pressure on him, which I think they will. But um, I think Green Bay's injuries are, are, are what the, the the line is saying, that they're pretty banged up and they think the game could be close. But I, I expect the Vikings to come out early because Packers just start slow. They don't get their offense rolling. They'll move the ball any but – they don't put a lot of points on the board to so about the third quarter. And then, and then after that third quarter, fourth quarter, they get to go, they get to smoking you out. And I think as the as offense is still trying to settle in the changes, the O-line, like I said, Packers are working with two rookies on the O-line, three when their center comes back. So, you know, right now I think it's more important for them to, uh, to, to, dom- to keep the game close because you don't want to get a game out of hand on the road. So, I would take the Vikings first half because I like the way they're playing. They seem to be in rhythm. And I think uh, Kubiak – is it Kubiak, son? I think it is Kubiak. Yeah. Kubiak, son. I think he's finally starting to get a rhythm, you know, in <laughs> in, in Minnesota. Zimmerman's pushing him to be more aggressive, and he's been more aggressive. And they've been throwing the ball a lot more with traditionally a Gary Kubiak offense is a, little, a lot more run heavier. And I uh, – I, um... It's Vikings or uh, nothing for me in this game. Um, you know, it's now as far as the line, uh, it's 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 a little. Um, uh, the fact that the uh, Green Bay is getting, um, you know, even though it's about even, but getting a majority uh, part of the money in that line coming down, 
uh, that definitely, definitely says something there. Um, even watching that end of the Green Bay game, they just uh, they look like they um, they exerted uh, they exerted a lot. A couple guys, Sean Gary, left that game, even though he'll play. Um, you know, he had injury, serious injury to his arm. You know, so you know, especially as a D line, and that's going to affect you. You know, they got maneuvers and things they have to use up there up front. So. Um, Aaron Jones getting uh, injured, that's big. You know, even though I think Corey Dillon, uh, not Corey Dillon, A.J. Dillon can step in and um, and fill the role. And, you know, but it's, it's, it is a change as far as, you know, carrying the load and being a guy that can come in as a change of pace back. So, um, and then the defense has been playing really well. You know, even last week, I felt I was like, and this is before people were saying Green Bay's defense is good because, you know, we talked about this even um, because even before the Seattle game, people were still saying that, um, you know, liking the over because, you know, Seattle with Russell, they're going to come in and move the ball. And it's like, no, this Green Bay defense is solid, you know, like, one one that we noticed, uh, you told me this uh, even about the middle linebacker, and I just started watching. Uh, they tackle, you know, and that's big. You know what I'm saying? They tackle, um, and their corners, um, their backup corners are getting confident, getting better. It seems like they're starting to really gel into that scheme. Um, and – but even in that game, there was still some spots that they could be had, you know. Um, um, so it's, it's one of those things where I think, okay, I think Minnesota can be able to pick spots to be able to um, move the ball. Um, now, the only thing that bothers me about the Minnesota side, they for some reason, they've been kind of weird when it comes to playing at home. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe because on the road they get away from everything. So they, you know, you, you, you naturally um, um, sometimes bond together because it's you and uh, everybody else when you're on the road. Then when you come home and, you know, you get back to your environment, you know, um, and there's pressure to win. Sometimes you, it's weird. So they seem to not play weird at home. So that's the only thing that makes me not like Vikings full game because then, you know, Let's say they jump on them a touchdown, 10 points in the second half, um, you know, turns into a different game. And if it's close, you know, I, if uh, one possession game, I just can't take the Vikings over, um, you know, and Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers at, in a close game. So um, the juice spot is the first half. I agree with that. Um, I agree with the movement on the under just because, I think both teams, uh, maybe not so the Vikings. The Vikings could come out and be uh, more aggressive offensively. Um, but the Packers could definitely come out here and and try to run the ball uh, early and set a tone. And um, if it starts slow, it's probably going to maintain a slow pace for most of the game. Uh, so um, my play on this one until the line started moving down, and it still could be um, – you know, some value on it if if some Green Bay money comes back in and it closes like one and a half was, again, teasing the Vikings up um, to set. If you can try to get it up to eight points, I think that's, you know, that's good as well, just because the Vikings only play close games all season long. Um, 
you know, they lose close games or they win, you know, so they they're in that type of environment consistently in that home, you know, um, where the Packers are as a team right this moment. Uh, and even we talked about the scheduling situation. I think um, the Vikings can keep the game close. Uh, I think it'd be tough. Uh, not saying that it's not possible, but I think it'd be tough for the Packers to go in there and beat them by multiple touchdowns uh, in, a, in a game like this or two scores. So, uh, that was that was my uh, original look on the play uh, until the line got low. So we'll see kind of where it closes. But if you if Green Bay is one and a half and you can take a six and a half point teaser to get to Minnesota eight, um, that's not bad at all. Just because nine isn't really that key of a number. But if you can get eight eight and a half, I think that's not a bad play either. So uh, that probably yeah, when I throw on the teaser. Yeah, to me, I think for me is is trying to trying to like I, this happened last week you know everybody was oh Seattle can beat them Seattle can beat them and the line dropped significantly and it just didn't make sense to me because we're like okay <laughs> you know Vikings don't score a lot of points they're 15th in the league and score points against a team who's what top three in scoring defense so it is it's, it's a lot I think people are they like the fact that Minnesota gave Green Bay problems last year or they kind of kind of give them problems on a, on a different scale, but I mean they only scored twenty seven points against the Chargers, which I mean is, is obviously is a good amount of points, but they gave up twenty. The game was pretty the game was pretty out of hand since the beginning, but um, I don't think they have a I don't think they have a good match. It's not a, it's just not a good matchup against the Packers if if they can't if they can't find a way to blow them out. If it's a close game, I just I don't I trust the Packers defense more than I trust. Um, them and and Packers are physical, so how hard how how um, how can Minnesota respond to a physical team who don't miss tackles and can you get enough deep plays in and you know Kirk Cousins once he gets inside that pocket is a done deal, so you know how much movement can you have? But Rashad Gary to me is a big thing if he can play, then I'm I'm more so on the Packer side, but to close the game, but if not, then I, I wouldn't take a whole game. I would just be comfortable with the with the uh, first half. I think what well, the first half is what about pick them? Um, yeah, I don't I see that. Anything else but pick them. I just half. Of, I mean, it probably depending on where you at. Um, looks like it's like half a point. It's actually Green Bay half a point, but that's on the station. Yeah, that's that's uh, too. Yeah, but that's all I got for that game. Got you. Um, let's see here. Next game we got here, we got the Niners at the Jags. Niners favorite six and a half. Total of 45. Open um, first goal five and a half. Uh, total of 47. So uh, some movement there uh, moving towards the Niners side and some under uh, underflow. Um, Niners coming off that big Monday night win against the Rams. Uh, beat up on them pretty bad. What was it, 30, 31 to 7, um, 31 to 10. Um, and then we got uh, Jacksonville coming off of a fairly close game there um, on the road against the Colts, uh, losing 23-17. Um, so you got two teams that look like they're trying to figure out, uh, finding uh, some confidence in themselves. and But one team, you know, has some um, – you know, playoff aspirations, the other team, um, 
uh, is not not looking at uh, playoffs or anything this year. So interesting game uh, coming in here in Jacksonville. Um, what was your what was your initial looks on this game? Yeah, I didn't have a high look on this game. I know it's more something that you um, that you were looking for. Uh, I did like the under on it the most because uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan of Fortnite. I don't think they're that good. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, you know, bad teams beat good teams when they got their number, and I think that's what happened with the Rams and Niners last week. But um, the Jacksonville good, has good defense, and they can run the dang ball. I wouldn't say great defense. I would say they just tackle well and they can run the ball. Um, I just don't – I don't. I mean, I guess I don't see a lot. I don't see a lot here. The, the crazy thing about it is the over has 96% of the cash. So, but I, I just don't see the team, you know, in Jacksonville, West Coast team coming out to, uh, you know, all the way to Florida, playing that 76-degree weather with 85% humidity. I'm going to actually lean more towards the first half under because I think it's going to take some time for both teams to wake up, especially Frisco. And if they think it's six and a half, they think Frisco's going to win by a little bit under a touchdown, then I don't think they can come out there and just dominate the Jaguars early and often. Yeah. This was a game um, I initially looked at it, well, the week before it was Frisco five and a half, and I was like, uh I don't know. First go, first go should win the game, but it looked kind of looked kind of ugly. And then even going into this week, I was kind of my first glance at it was like that. But then just kind of I went back to it for some reason, and I was like, uh, this this game, this game is looks like it's going to be a, um, a ugly game. At some point in this game, you make a good point about that when you say probably first half, but. There's going to be some ugly uh, to this game. You got a team um, coming from the West Coast um, playing a 10 a.m. kickoff in in um, the humidity of Florida. You know that's a whole different body change, body clock. Um, so you know uh, that I think, and coming off a short week, a big win against a division opponent, I think it's kind of tough to get back up again uh, right after that. Um, with those with those kind of uh, travel and geography where they're playing at. Um, and then you got a Jacksonville team was interesting because, um, you know, they went coming off the bye. Well, going into the bye, they get a win. Coming off the bye, they get blown out on the road against Seattle. Um, and then they come back off of that and they beat the Bills um, as 14, 14 and a half point underdogs at home. Um, so it's, and then they go on the road against a division opponent. And I think that I watched that, watched that game, uh, cause I wanted to try to figure out what to do with Jacksonville as far as my power rankings. Um, and they went in there with, and played the Colts and, and competed. I mean, their defense, um, has given up less than six yards per completion the last two weeks against the Bills and the Colts. Um, and their their run defense has been top ten. I mean, they're they're fifth in rushing yards per attempt at three point nine yards per rush. Um, you watch the defense right now; they're 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 flying around. They're aggressive. Um, you got the and you seeing kind of the guys that they drafted. You know uh, those defensive guys. You're starting to see 
kind of the fruits of that labor kind of coming into play now. Guys like Miles Jack, solid middle linebacker, Josh Allen um, has really flashed the past few weeks. Um, and even the uh, the linebacker they drafted from LSU, um, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Um, uh, but, he, he, I mean, they, they've been kind of flying around now. It's tough, you know, they've been competing because um, I even had to ask myself, is there path to a blowout in this game? Um, and would that mess up the total? Because I like the under as well. That was my best look on the game. And it was uh, – and what bothers me is if they are not competitive and that Jags offense is on the field – um, is not able to move the ball because the Niners are feeling themselves defensively, got good confidence. Then, Sweet. then is that is that is that Jaguars defense going to be as good as they've been if they if the Niners just are on the field consistently pounding the football, running the football, tiring down the defense? Is there a path to a to a blowout in the in a game like that? So. Um, you know, that's one thing that kind of uh, uh, what kind of, you know, had gave me reservations about the under. And then the Niners, the last, you know, even though it's phony because their last game, they ended with 31 points, but they essentially had two pick sixes. So they offense really only scored 17 points in the game. And then the week before, they only scored 17 points against the Cardinals. Um, so they did get two pick sixes. <laughs> Yeah, too. They started the game with, you know, up 14 pretty much off the defense. So, you know, and then a the week before they scored 33 on the road against the Bears. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like they're somehow, some way, whether it's them or the other team is finding a way to get to 30 points. And if this game gets to 30 points on one side, it's going to go over because it's like 30 to 15 is 45. I mean, that's the over 30, 16. That's the over. So. You know, I, I don't I don't know, but it seems like even though they only scored 17 points the past two weeks, there was a 30 point score, you know, so it's like I don't I don't I, that's the part that bothers me about the the total. But I, I'm I'm with you on that when I lean towards the under. And if you like the under, that means the Jaguars keep this game close. You know, the, if if it's a over, the Niners are going to cover this game. Too much scoring doesn't really favor. Uh, the Jaguars in this type of this type of matchup, in my opinion. No, not at all. And the over under on the first half is twenty two and a half, which I'm I'm inclined to take. Yeah, because you get below, you get twenty one is usually a good first half key number. Because how many first halves are going to land on twenty two? Exactly. But twenty one, that's a that's a more common number because you can get there in multiple ways. So. Um, yeah, that's that's not a bad look either. Um, is that first half? Um, now the running back Elijah Mitchell is out, um, but we do know Frisco is a um, you know you can anybody can get back there and carry the ball for that team. But I, I don't know who's been getting the majority of carries at running back after Elijah Mitchell, but he's been pretty good um, carrying the football for them when he's when he's been healthy. Um, so that's something, something to keep in, keep an eye on. Um, uh, George Kittle, uh, player prop. 
um, is a good one. Um, Jaguars don't do well covering a tight end. They haven't the past few years. So um, Kittle receptions, Kittle yards, probably Kittle anytime touchdown. Um, because really Garoppolo throws to two dudes, Samuel and Kittle. Those are the only two dudes he really throwing the ball to. So, um, you know, so Kittle is probably a good look at player props in this game. Um, another stat about the Niners, number one in red zone scoring percentage at 79%. That's, I, I didn't – I wouldn't have thought that uh, looking at their offense. So, if they get in the red zone, they're putting points on the board, uh, number one. So, um, let's see. Yeah, that's pretty much – How's that How's that number – how's that number fair with – um, is that with Elijah Mitchell, or is it like a certain amount of games? I mean, I was trying to see if this more. one. This one is over the course of 2021, the whole season. Oh, so okay, cool, whole season. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, he missed a couple games, so still, even without him, they've still been able to get in the red zone. Yeah. So that's one thing that bothers me, because if they can move the ball and they are getting in there, you know, it's – yeah, anything, anything could happen with that, but yeah, I think Kittle's I a good agree. look. Kittle's a good look at player props as well. Um, anything you uh, you got on this game? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at a Trevor Lawrence passing yards. Um, they might not get a lot of points on the board, but I don't think they're gonna have a tough time moving the ball against them. They do got some good receivers, and let me see if I can locate the player prop. That's actually here. that's actually not too bad. Yeah, I mean, 49ers don't have a good night. I don't feel like they're just extremely as talented. You know how I feel about them and their talent level. It's not great for me. Let's see, Jaguars. Here we go. We have a passing yards, 225. I would take the over. See, what scares me about this over-under is they got Garoppolo on here as 252 passing yards. So a lot. A lot. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing that bothers me. Like, it's – I don't know what it is, but for some reason, you know, even in, in Chicago, they went to Chicago and put up 33 points in Soldier Field. Like, you know. Okay, okay. Jeffrey Wilson's a running back for the Niners. Jeffrey Wilson, okay. And they have his player prop at 77 and a half rushing yards for the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it's either going way over or way under. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Very much so. That's that's not bad. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. The Jaguars just uh, I just even though it's the Niners' defense, I mean, I guess. Well, let's see. Look at the. They just don't. They just don't score. I mean, nineteen points. Let's see who they do. But I, I, I'll say they've been playing some the past five weeks respectable. Okay, I'm gonna name I'll, I'm gonna name the five teams they play defensive wise, and let, where do they where would you put them at ranked amongst these defenses? Titans, Dolphins, Seahawks, Bills, Colts, defensively. Okay. I think both of them are, uh, I would say, top 12 in that whole bunch. So, uh, Seattle has really good scoring defense. So, you know, they're number one in the NFL in scoring defense. So, 
they give up a lot of yards, but they don't let nobody score in the end zone, as you've seen with Green Bay, because that really Green Bay game should really been about 34 to zero. Good point. Buffalo, you know, they have a good defense. That just, just, I don't know if they just had a hangover or, you know, they just try to try and get some rhythm going on. I don't really know what's going on. Defense, but traditionally, they've been a top five defense. Even the Dolphins, the Dolphins have talent. I just think there's too much going on in Miami right now with that team. And I kind of feel like they've been kind of low-key tanking because they're getting, ready to, they're getting ready to offload these damn picks. There's not a doubt in my mind Deshaun Watson will play there. So I would say Miami has talent-wise the top. So I would say I would say the top 12 of the league with them with those teams. And the Colts have a really good defense, as we know. So you will put all those defenses ahead of uh, the Niners, those five? I mean. Yes. Okay. The Niners have no, because Niners have no secondary. Okay, that's fair. So that so I mean I was just trying to see okay you know the Jaguars haven't been performing well offensively but is that just because they've been playing some really good defenses and maybe this is the week that that they perform their offense performs a lot better because they're stepping down in, in competition or class as far as uh, I wouldn't say class but just uh, how good the defense is that they're playing against. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not used to say that. With no secondaries, it's hard for me to make you a dominant defense if you have no secondary. That's, that's a good point. Okay. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much all I had on that game. All right. You got anything else on that one? No, nothing else for me on that one. Got you. All right, next game we got here, uh, Houston. The Texans at Tennessee. Tennessee favorite 10, 10 and a half some places. Uh, just depends. It's kind of been going back and forth. Uh, total of 44 and a half. And this game opened Tennessee minus 10, uh, total of 46 and a half. Um, note for this game, there will be some, uh, looks like there is supposed to be some weather. Uh, so you got four weather games this week. So pay attention to that. Buffalo in uh, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis at Buffalo. That's uh, rain, 70% chance. D- uh, Detroit at Cleveland. New Orleans at Philly. And Houston at Tennessee. All chances of weather there. Um, Houston coming off a bye. Well, they, all, they were on a bye this past week, I believe. So uh, no play for them. And then you got Tennessee coming off that home win, uh, uh, home win there against uh, against the Saints. Pulled that one out, uh, didn't get the cover. Um, so uh, sorry anybody who had Tennessee to cover that three. Did not. Saints got the cover on that one, 23-21. Um, but the the Titans seem to keep. Uh, kind of trucking along. Um, eventually, it's got to end. Uh, which week it is, um, we don't know as of yet. But um, they got a game against the this Houston team, who's been uh, one of the worst in the league, um, coming off a loss a previous week before the bye on the road against uh, the Miami Dolphins. Turned the ball over four times. One of lost the game. They turned the ball over four times and forced five turnovers and lost the game. We're a pretty, pretty sloppy game there. But um, what's your what's your looks on on this game right here? 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee covers. Um, I mean, if uh, if the Texans cover right now, they're ranked bottom in all stats, offense, defense, ELL, ELO rankings, everything is just you know pretty much uh, bottom. But you know now you got Tyrod Taylor out there who's played against Tennessee a little bit. You know a little bit more veteran savvy offense, uh, veteran savvy uh, quarterback, and they still got two good running backs. So I don't I don't foresee them not being able to to go in there and keep the game close. You know, I think there's a letdown spot, like you said. Um, it's a it's a definitely a letdown spot for um, for Tennessee. Like you can't can keep trucking teams and playing teams with a Julio gone, Adrian Brown still banged up. Remember they lost Jonas Smith, they tied in. He's in New England now. So, you know, eventually we're just saying that Tannehill is just going to go out every week to week and dominate. And if that's who he is, then you know you you gotta if he goes out here and dominates this week and next and he should be in everybody's MVP candidate because with no Derrick Henry, they haven't stopped a beat really. But I just I just I think this is a, a, a I definitely think it's an under game. I definitely think there's a game where it, it can be very close and I would be okay with uh with with taking the, the ten and a half points. Hey man, we talked about this even last week. And it's crazy. And we didn't, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't bet it. I put it, like I said, I put it on Spurl online in a teaser with Dallas. But really the best play on the board last week was, and we was texting about this one, like Carolina. And we talked about it on the, uh, on the podcast that, you know, was looking for some value. And uh, Carolina was the best, one of the best plays on the board. and. They were they were underdogs on the road by ten and a half points, um, and it's one of those things where you know it's it's tough for me it's tough for me to to take to bet like just bad football teams you know just been playing ugly you know it's, it's I don't know it's it's tough to go put your money and get to the window with them but sometimes those are the plays you got to make you know because. It's all about what you feel you're getting the value for. And, um, and yeah, Carolina not only covered the 10, 10 and a half or the nine, eight, eight and a half, whatever you got it at, they outright beat the team by 24 points. It, it was, it was the easy, one of the easiest plays on the, on the board if you liked it. So, you know, I'm not saying this is the same exact thing, but sometimes it's, you know, um, is is these plays that you know that that get you to cash and keep you keep you flowing positive? Because to me, I got this power rank because this game should be like sixteen points, <laughs> like it should be much higher. Um, but the, it's at ten, so you look at Tennessee. They also got to look ahead spot. They play. They got to go to New England next week. Um, they're coming off a. Of, What's six straight, six straight wins, um, just on the road at home. One, I mean, it don't it? It doesn't really matter. I mean, they're coming off since they lost to the Jets. They've been undefeated, um, and they've they've covered every game since last game. So five and one, uh, ATS last six games, and six and zero oh, straight up last six games. And you know, at some point, there's going to be a spot where you where you come back down and you look at the stats, like you said, you know, offensively yards and everything. It hasn't been 
um, all that productive, even though they found ways to win. So now they got to go beat a team uh, in division, you know, that's familiar with them, familiar with the matchup, familiar with the field. Um, they get an extra week to prepare um, just to put a, a good forth, a good effort. You know, not saying that they win, uh, not saying, but, hey, you go out there and you catch a team, you know, then you you got a chance. So I think this is a, a, a definitely an opportunity where Houston can come in here and keep the game close. Um, you get Tyrod Taylor coming back. Um, you know, he came back in that Dolphins game, but that was his first game in like four or five games back off a, a hamstring injury. So, you know, no rhythm, uh, anything with that team. And now you get an extra week of practice and you get a, another week healthier. So, you know, I think against a defense that has its flaws, they can come out here and move the ball and at least get in position to be able to score a few points. And, you know, weather and everything, you got a chance for this tight offense to have a little down spot um, against this team. So, um I think it'd probably be a little bit of buy money on the Titans come tomorrow. Um, so even if you want to wait till this got to uh, 10 and a half and, or if you can get it at 10 and a half now or 11, you can even get add this on the teaser and push it to Houston seven, 17 points uh, wouldn't be bad. But at the same time, Tennessee, if Houston is just Houston, cause you got to remember they're not, they may not be trying to win any games, you know. So if they come out here and just look awful, maybe there's a path to Titans just rolling them, you know, because Houston can't score or something. But you know, I don't, I don't know. I think this game has a chance to be fairly competitive. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, let's see. Did you have anything else on this one? Not nothing at all for me. Got you. All right, next game we got here, we got the uh, Washington football team at the Panthers. Carolina favorite three and a half, total of 43. And this game opened Carolina minus two, so some movement there on the favorite. Um, and the total has sat pretty much at 43 uh, the entire week here. Um, Washington football team coming off a game uh, where they um, – where they beat uh, the Super Bowl champions um, at home coming off a of bye week, 29-19. Um, big news there, though. Uh, they did in that win lose um, uh, lose uh, the best defensive player in Chase Young. So um, definitely a detrimental spot right there. Um, and then the Panthers coming off that win, 34-10 uh, on a roll um, against the Cardinals. Um, what's your what's your initial look on this game, or have you uh, thought any different as you get here to kick off? Um, honestly, I don't really have a look on this game, but the more and more I look at it, I really think the Washington Redskins are going to jump in the first half of money line in the whole game. I don't have a lot of stats to support it, but what I'm feeling is this, uh, this is a trap game, and I really don't like it. Um, that division is still wide open, even with Tampa Bay and their record, so I can just see this game going either way, but don't be, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington football team beat them. Yeah. I mean, this is one where, uh, 
you get the narrative where, you know, uh, yeah, Cam is getting to come back and play, but um, he's playing against a coach that, you know, has coached him for a long time, uh, probably don't have an extensive playbook. So, you know, it could be a spot where Carolina definitely comes out to and, and struggles a little bit there. Um, the first half, um, I lean towards Carolina um, in the first half. Um, but at the same time, you know, you just never know how um, that offense is going to come out and, and play, you know, with the changes there. So um, more so than Carolina first half, I kind of like the first half under um, under 21. Um, Washington football team uh, averaging nine points per game uh, on the road in the first half this season. So not really scoring too much. And then Carolina's defense has only given up nine points per first half this season. So um, I think you'll get a, you know, I think you get a first half where, um, you know, Washington is able to have some success on the run. You know, they did run fairly decent against Tampa Bay last week. And uh, Carolina just not being in sync offensively. Um, so, um, so yeah, just not much practice time for that, for Cam and that team. Um, and then Washington football team 0-4 straight up last four road games in the first half. So um, so I would lean towards the first half under um, more than the side, but um, haven't really decided this one I want to go with, but uh, it's, it's on the list for me, the first half under 21. Yeah, I mean, other than that, that's all I really got. I, I think it's just a – you know that that defense is good in Carolina. I think it could start slow, so I definitely would. I definitely would. I'm leaning more towards the the. Uh, I would say more towards Washington coming out and jumping them before Cam and them get settled in, and it becomes. I think they can. The end game will be good on that one. Washington builds it maybe a six zero lead or ten to three lead, and then you expect Carolina to come out in the second half and just go. That team. That team last week was dominant. Even Cam didn't play a lot his presence, his energy was way overwhelming. And that whole team felt it and they were motivated and they were ready to go. Yeah, no, it definitely gave him a spark, some juice there. Um, now, the, I mean, it's tough because it's, uh, you know, you never know how this Washington team is going to, is going to come out. I mean, they came off a big win at home. They seem to get up when they, you know, have some confidence when they play against this Tampa Bay team. But, you know, is this something that carries over? You know, do they – or is it a situation where they know, you know, their coach is going back home, they want to do it for their – you know, do it for their coach, and that gives them a, a scent of an extra boost coming to this week. So it's hard to kind of play against that narrative. I wouldn't be surprised if – uh, Washington kept this game close to three and a half. Uh, definitely um, wouldn't want to take Carolina uh, to cover. Uh, they, you know, they could, but I just think it'd be it'd be tough for them to consistently move the ball. I, I would expect uh, Coach Rivera to have a game plan um, against this offense, uh, who doesn't really have a good offensive line either. So now you got a team with not a good offensive line, um, not a great. Um, you know, pass game. I mean, they're going to throw the ball to the backs majority of the time um, and DJ Moore. So, you know, um, 
definitely a, um, you know, I guess uh, I, I didn't see what it was, but McCaffrey uh, receptions prop probably won't be bad to look at because I think he'll get a lot of catches. Um, yeah. But, hey, uh, man, but that, that D-tackle Jonathan Allen is a monster. <laughs> I yeah. don't think people pay attention to how really good he really is. I, <clears throat> I definitely don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. If they're going to beat this team, they're not going to do it up the middle. So they better find a way to get the ball to receivers because there's not a lot of D tackles that I would take over Jonathan Allen outside of outside of Kenny Clark and 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 Aaron Donald, you know, or Fletcher Cox and them. But you know, he Jonathan Allen's a monster. He'll play different, obviously, without Chase Young, but that middle is clogged because of him. Yeah, I mean, it, McCaffrey receptions. You know, I, I think they'll try to get him, use him as an extension of the run game, you know, so if they can't run the ball, you know, they'll try to get him some swings, some screens, you know, let him touch the ball. And if, you know, P.J. Walker and, you know, Cam Newton, if they can't get the ball downfield because, you know, P.J. Walker is not, you know, most of the time that's what they you know, that offense is on be funneled towards getting it to those guys. So, um, I could see him getting a lot of catches uh, this game, even if he don't, you know, he's not explosive in a run game or anything like that. But um, yeah, no, those 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 good points, and I wouldn't even be surprised to see um, this Washington defense build off of what they did last week. You know, usually when the, one of those players go down, you know, you see um, everybody kind of pick up and you know play a lot better. So that could be also a spot, you know. Uh, Washington has, you know, coming into this game. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough game on the side, you know, just too, too much going on on both sides where, um, you know, you can see it, you can see a case. And I can also see on the case of Washington coming in here and, you know, that defense playing, Carolina's defense playing well and Washington not really being able to score. I mean, they've been having a lot of situations like that this week where, I mean, this year where, they don't score many points or they just have a half or they just blank out or just, you know, don't play well. So, um, you know, playing well last week was a big boost, but, you know, we'll see going on, on the road, you know, how that offense does. So, um, so that's, that's pretty interesting one, uh, interesting one there, but yeah, first half under uh, in this game and I will look towards uh, McCaffrey receptions. Did you have anything else on this one? No, that's it for me. You got your next game we got here at the Cowboys at the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs favorite two and a half, total of 56 and a half. And this one open two and a half, total of 55 and a half. So a little movement towards the uh, towards the total there. Um, and this uh, this line has pretty much stayed, uh, stayed pretty much the same. Um, Cowboys coming off a big home uh, rebound win against the Falcons. Uh, pretty much put that game away in in the first first half, first quarter. Uh, wasn't even wasn't even close. Um, and the Chiefs coming off a big blowout win as well against the Raiders uh, on the road, forty one fourteen. So a little bounce back spot for that Chiefs team. Um, you know the narrative now is that Kansas City's back. Offense is moving and going, and that defense uh, is not as bad as everybody thinks it is. So, um, and then the Cowboys, uh, you know, they have their own narrative back that it, you know, hey, just a slip up against the Broncos. But this will be a good test for the Cowboys, uh, 
you know, to kind of see where they where they fit, um, you know, as far as how their aspirations moving forward. Um, what's your looks on this one? Um, everything about this game says the Cowboys. i just not necessarily sure. I mean, I, the more and more I look at it, it says the Cowboys should come out and win, especially with no Cooper. Vegas basically saying that they still have enough offense to, to terrorize this horrible Kansas City uh, defense, but we also don't know. Um, we also don't know what the can what the Cowboy defense can do against this offense. They, they got Tate Diggs. He can guard Tyreek Hill, but can they can they have the linebackers to cover Kelsey? And you know how how does that run up with? I just it's just a little balance on the. It's really hard to bet the game because I feel like the teams are almost identical. Um, both below average defense. Sometimes they play above their their talent. And then on the other side, they both have explosive offense that can drop 40 plus on you at any given time. So that, yeah. that's there. So to me, they're there to me, they're just like almost mirrors of each other. I mean, the quarterback play is to me is even. I would not say I would take Pat Mahone over Dak Prescott any day of the week. I wouldn't. So Cowboys have better running back, but how healthy is Zeke? But then Shoot, they got a big out of backup running back who shit most people think is better than Zeke. So, but then the Kansas City Chiefs really don't have no run games. So, can that offensive line protect and and, and stop uh, Parsons from getting to Mahomes? That'll be a big key. And then, can you get any kind of pressure on Dak, or can you sit back and, and play a cover two and and let Dak uh, force things, which he's prone to do as well? Yeah. No, that's uh, and those are those are good points. I, I will say, um, I definitely think Dallas is the better football team uh, right now. Um, but you know, this is a situation Kansas City playing these type of games. You know, you just kind of never know. Um, and then you, I don't think I have a great grasp of how good or the Cowboys' defense is. Um, I think uh, starting from the beginning of the season, uh, they were um, – they had – I mean, there's a luck component to turnovers. I mean, I know you can be a good defensive team and, you know, uh, you know, make people turn the ball over, so to speak. But, you know, some, th- some things with turnovers are luck, you know. And we're seeing it even with Patrick Mahomes, you know, last year. Um, he had a lot of turnover-worthy plays. They just didn't end up being turnovers. And then now you see this year – a lot of things are becoming turnovers and now they lead the lead in turnovers. So um, it's hard to base how good their defense was because a lot of it was based on turnovers. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see how this, um, you know, how their defense um, performs throughout the, you know, the rest of the year. Uh, Can they keep that up? And if they're not getting those turnovers, can they still be, um, you know, a, 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 a really above average defensive team. So, and now they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs team who um, can move the ball, can be explosive, um, can present you with different problems. And is there any part of Kansas City's game they can turn the faucet off? You know, if if Kansas City decides, okay, you guys are going to play all this back, back in coverage, can you stop us from getting five, four, five, six yards of a play on the on the ground if we decide we're going to run the football and can they get Kansas City off the field you know consistently um so that would be the the challenge I look for in the Cowboys defense and um 
you know, it, it should be a game. Uh, the Mari Cooper news is interesting because for this line not to even move at all and Mari Cooper is out kind of says that they feel no like – <laughs> Yeah, they kind of feel like it don't matter. Like they feel the Cowboys can move the ball against them and that they're the better team even without their number one wide receiver. That says a lot. So, um no, I'm 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 with you in agreement on some of those uh, and some of those couple points things. About the game. Couple things I've heard though is that they don't view Amari Cooper as the best receiver on that team. So you know that's I think that's a heavy part of it too. He's second in the team and everything else, and and obviously C D Lamb is number one. So obviously it could be a double team on him or whatever else. But they don't view him. They don't view him as the best receiver on that team. So that's I think that's part of the drop as well. And getting Gallup back, and so essentially, they feel like they, this team can still win with their number one, technically, statistically receiver is CD Lamb. I mean, I, I guess with that part, I would say I wouldn't even classify number one and the number two. I, I really think they're both number ones because um, you look at some games of who draws the coverage. A lot of games, Amari Cooper draws whoever that top corner is that's following. And C.D. Lamb, even last game against the Falcons, you know, they was using C.D. Lamb in a spot where they was moving him in motion, getting him in the slot, you know, so he's getting different type of matchups, you know. So, um, you know, and sometimes that's that's the benefit of when you get to play with Amari Cooper is because you better put your number one corner over there because that's just he's been doing that for a long time. So um, statistically, I would say, yeah, C.D. Lamb because he – you know, he 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 gets used in different forms. I mean, Mark Cooper is a guy they just throw on outside and bring your corner over here and you can play where you however you want to play anywhere else. So um I think that's the benefit because it's like, okay, yeah, like you said, Amari Cooper is gone, but they still have a number one receiver there technically in CD Lamb because he he can move to the outside and still be a a threat if you need him to be a threat and you get Gallup back now. It's like, uh, and you got the other receiver uh, and Wilson. You still technically got a three-headed monster in that sense. So, um, and the line says that it says that you know we got they have multiple weapons where they can shift. So losing one number one, one receiver don't really hurt them because they got a number a, a second number one receiver. Yeah, second number receiver. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there. But um, that 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 part tells me a lot. I do um, on this game. Um, uh, this will probably be on a. Uh, um, and I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm not saying that. Um. I'm, I don't know if I'm betting as far as putting uh, any money on these. But as far as picks, what I'm. A, what I'm gonna post for the uh, for the page. And if you like them, you like them. If you know you don't, you can always fade the other side. But. Um, I'll probably end up throwing the Cowboys uh, on a teaser up to eight and a half. Um, the only thing I don't like about the teaser part about that is so many points. Um, you're talking about a, a total of 55 and a half. So, you know, um, as totals get higher, points are less valuable, um, I would say, in that sense. So, um, but I think it'd be tough for the Chiefs to just pull away from them, even if they get up two scores, back doors always open. Um, and the Chiefs really, you know, I don't think they have enough uh, uh, of a defense to keep them from getting a, uh, a backdoor in, the, in the type of situation like this. So, 
that would be that would be my look on this game. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys just outright beat them. Um, and I also could see a you know another way where even the Cowboys score a bunch, the Chiefs just score a lot as well, and just you know and still cover with thirty, even if it's 35-31, You know, Chiefs win thirty five thirty one. That's still a Chiefs cover. You know, in that sense. So. Um, you know, that's, that's all I really have on that one. But it'd be a good game to definitely watch this week for sure. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Good, definitely a good game to watch. Got you. All right. Uh, next game we got here, we got the Ravens at the Bears. Uh, Baltimore favorite six. Uh, this total has made a lot of movement. Um, I mean, it's line, you know, down to four and a half, back up to six. A uh, total of 44 and a half. Uh, and then Boston actually, uh, Baltimore actually opened six um, with a total of 45 uh, on this line. Uh, Ravens coming off of a bad Thursday night loss there uh, on the road against the Miami Dolphins, 22 10. Um, it, it was Blitz City. I mean, you're talking about bringing a blitz. Um, Coach Flores brought the blitz all day against Baltimore and they never really found a way to uh to adjust to that. So that's something to look uh keep an eye on moving forward uh, as far as how teams play Baltimore. Uh, and we kind of talked about the offensive philosophy and offensive coordinator off the air there. But uh and then Chicago uh coming off a of bye week. So uh, got an extra week to get rest prepared. But a lot of their guys are not playing in this game. So interesting uh on that side. So um, I know we kind of talked about this one briefly, but what uh, what was you looking at on this game? Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I I got team totals. Um, I like the team total. I think we had it. What biggest? What seventeen for the Bears or fifteen? For the Bears. I think it was nineteen and a half. Nineteen and a half. Yeah, I like them to at least score twenty. Um, I feel like um, this will be more of a Justin Fields game. And a, and, a, and a David Montgomery game, so I, I full, I'm in full agreement. They score, they at least score 20 points. Um, that's the major sign I have about that game. They'll score 20. I know no Allen Robinson, all the things that we said, but this defense hasn't been really do anything. You know, they can't really stop the run. Uh, they can't really stop the pass as much. And I think this defense is we're not. I don't think they understood how much Marcus Peterson really meant to them. And you know. Without him and without aggressive uh, secondary play like they've had, they draft good secondary players. That's not a good thing. But you trade one away and you lose Marcus Peterson all within a course of 10 days. I don't think they recovered. So I don't think there's a spot where, you know, you can say that they'll, uh, that they can just go out there and dominate Chicago, you know, because Fields can run. If you blitz him, he can run and still pass. And then you got to get out there. And then you just basically, like you said, you got to stop the run. You got to get there and, and tackle Montgomery, and, and we know over the years he has been an easy person to tackle. So I just don't, um, I don't see a lot. Of, Baltimore should win this game, but I, I, for me, I mean, you, I would just take the money line Baltimore if you're going to do it, but you'll have to lay some heavy money to get the to get some kind of high return back on it. But uh, in the high side of things, I would just take the the points, and then also I would say Mooney. I think over under his passing yards is 61 yards. I'm inclined to take that too. Oh, is uh receiving yards there? Yeah, receiving yards. Yeah, he'll get targets. That's for sure. Definitely. 
Yeah, it's um, it wasn't good. Uh, uh, Baltimore, that what what how they looked against uh, that Miami offense. I mean, uh, Tua threw some real lollipop type passes that still was able to get there somehow. You know, that team didn't have Devontae Parker. I mean, they were missing guys. And, I mean, they just, I don't know, they allowed him to convert and move the ball in certain spots, and that was just weird to see. Um, now, do I think they'll, you know, uh, can they bounce back, I guess, you know, this uh, a sense of game like this? Um, you know, possibly, you know, I, I don't I don't know, but it seems like they're kind of really exposed there um, in that secondary. So now you get to play against a quarterback who, um, you know, they're kind of playing with house money in a sense. Um, and he's on extend plays. He's on run around. And, and now your defensive guy has got to cover a little bit longer. Um, so, you know, I think there would be opportunity for both teams to make plays. Uh, Bears defense just – out guys, Khalil Mack injury, so he, you know, announcement, so he'd be out the rest of the season. Uh, missing Akeem Hicks, um, you know, not sure if uh, Eddie Jackson is playing this game or he was ruled out. So I don't know, it's, it's tough. They got a lot of guys missing and they haven't been good this year either um, as far as um, – keeping guys from moving the ball or making plays. I mean, Garoppolo and that offense came in there and scored 30, 30 a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, breaking down this game, um, I don't know, there's a lot of different types of scenarios that could happen. But um, I think it'd be pretty tough for Chicago to beat Baltimore. So, you know, if you like another game, uh, this wouldn't be a bad one just to pair, um, you know, Ravens on the money line. Uh, that, I don't know if I don't know if Chicago will have enough. Uh, maybe they can make some plays offensively and, you know, kind of not get – maybe not get blown out. But, you know, defensively, I think they kind of just – in a. it's not the same Chicago uh, Chicago defense um, that we've seen in previous years. And I don't know if they have the same type of personnel to replicate what Miami did um, as far as putting a lot of DBs on the field and a lot of fast – um, you know, hybrid type of guys out there to be able to chase Lamar Jackson and blitz him like that. So, um, you know, that's that's the tough part of that. Um, you know, Bears giving up 29 to the Steelers, 33, um, 33 to the uh, Niners, 38 to the Bucks. Um, you know, so the past three games, they just haven't really been performing that well. So um, I'm, I'm kind of went that, you know, if you like Baltimore, um, you know, take them on the money line with a with another team that you like, and I think that wouldn't be a bad play there. I agree with you there on that. Got you. Any uh anything else you had on saw in this game? Nothing. Like I said, we talked about the old total. That's about it. But other than that, man, that's that's a really for game. Ugly game. I think it's gonna be ugly either way. And like you said, Baltimore never won there, so it's even more uglier. <laughs> so I just say something to keep your eye out for. It'd be FA. You like grimy, grimy hitting and, and sloppy football a little bit. That'd be a game you want to keep your eye on. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I think that's the all the ones that we have on the site. You got any, uh, any bonus games you want to throw out there? 
Um, Any game we didn't talk about that you got an opinion? The New Orleans game on? is interesting. The New Orleans and Philly game is interesting to me. I feel like Philly's probably one of the secretly hottest scoring football teams in football. So I think, you know, a lot of people are leaning towards that side. I think the Saints defense is built to slow the Philly down, but man, Philly's been hot. I mean, Devontae Smith and I don't, I mean, me and you looked at this team about four weeks ago, and this is shit. We didn't see this. Like they're going out dropping 30 points, throwing a ball too much. And yeah, no, they're 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 going out there and with no running back. So I think they're starting to click, and I think uh, Hertz is playing at a a, a a level to win football games and they're just a team that I would look to see they're going to fade a lot of books, you know, upcoming. So I, on their overall, their team total points, you know, Saints got a good defense, but like you said, they can't stop the pass. So they're going against a team who throws the ball 75% of the time. So I just, that is not a recipe for disaster. I'm not sure Lattimore, I've always felt like Lattimore is overrated to me. I wouldn't even say overrated because we don't really like to bash players on the spot, but I don't think he's as good in whatever system he's playing in, whenever there's a a supremely dominated receiver not named Mike Evans. Yeah. Or I guess according to him, Devontae Adams, but I don't know how much of that is. Do I think he can guard, guard Devontae Adams one-on-one? No. I think they blitzed the hell out of Aaron Rodgers, and that's just kind of how it went. Yeah. I mean – the the equals are one of those. I meant to mention this one at the beginning of the uh of the podcast for the show, but uh, Eagles are one of those teams where I don't really have the best feel for. Um uh as far and, and but they've been a team that's taken a lot of money. I mean, there's been teams that's there's been a lot of big money that's been coming onto the Eagles and moving their lines, you know, even last game. Uh, that game was at two and a half Denver, three Denver, and it closed at I think it might have closed at Pickham or Pickham or uh, maybe some spots Philly closed as minus one or Denver minus one, but it was it dropped down a lot. Um, but they only two and three in the last five games. I mean, they beat the they beat the Broncos, they lost to the Chargers, they beat the Lions, they lost to the Raiders, they lost to the Bucks. I mean, but they are having their stats are showing something a little bit deeper. And I think that's the weird thing about them. And they really haven't been passing the ball like that. I mean, they've been committed to running the football. Um, Last week they ran the ball against the Broncos 40 times, um, 39 times, 216 yards. Hurts only threw the ball 23 times, which I think is where he needs to be at. I mean, before the beginning of the season, he was having 30 attempts, and that was that was that was crazy. Um, but I thought they were trying to, you know, get him some reps and evaluate him to kind of see where he was. Um, week before that against the Chargers, he only threw the ball 17 times. They threw they rushed the ball 39 times. So um, and then and it was against, effective. It was effective. <laughs> And then against the Detroit Lions, they rushed the ball 46 times. Hurts only threw the ball 14 times. So they've actually turned into a team who they have been committed to running the football. And I think that's where this can can turn into a big problem against the Saints for them because that formula is not going to work. And you possibly got weather in this game. So 
if this turns into an ugly game, I think this is right up the Saints alley because they're not going to just run the ball with with uh, Howard on the ground against the Saints team. And, you know, the Saints are physical. This Eagles team is not really a physical. They got a decent offensive, solid offensive line, but they're not really a physical football team. Their receivers are all small. Um, and, and I think the Saints do a good job at covering the tight end. So you get them having to cover Dallas Goddard, Goddard and – and after that, I don't know where Jalen Hurts really going to be able to go with the football. So if they can't really run the football and you get this Saints defense, get to get physical and match up against their guys. And, and on the flip side, that defense, you know, the Eagles defense is very passive. They don't give up a whole bunch of points, but what they do give you is yardage. They, they want to keep everything in front of you. Um, they only rush four guys. They don't blitz. And you're going to do that against Sean Payton. I think that can be a problem because Sean Payton is just going to take what you give him. He's going to matriculate the ball. And, you know, is it, this game playing to how the Eagles want to play don't really benefit the team of the Saints are. So um, I think this line is kind of getting a little bit inflated, even with Alvin, without Alvin Kamara. Um, so this is one I, I do have on here uh, on the teaser list to just bump, uh, move the um, Saints up through the eight. And I wouldn't be surprised if they outright money line the Eagles. I, I think it's probably not a, not the best matchup for the Eagles going into this week. Yeah, I, I think I'm on I'm on the other side of the passing part. I like the team total that I would say the over on the game because I think what each other do the best they can stop. Saints can't stop the pass. Philly can't stop the run. So, something got to give. I think there's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of yards on this field today. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, – I mean, you got a total at – what is the total on this game? 40 – I mean, the total is 42 and a half. So, it's uh, – said it ain't – it's not supposed to be that much scoring. It's not supposed to be that much scoring, yeah. Um. And I, I think that even when you get a teaser now, I think you get an opportunity with a lower total. Now they got a Philly got a cover by, you know, eight points. And this is supposed to be uh, some rain expected in this game, too. So, um, yeah, this is a team that this is just a game to me just runs right up New Orleans alley. Um, and, you know, uh, the 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 Saints do, are are can get got on the on the, through the pass, and that's why um, uh, I wasn't too sold on last week. But um, you know, if if they can if they get hurts behind the chains and they don't really pass the ball like that, you know, it's uh, it'd be interesting to see how they attack this New Orleans defense. I guess would be to say, are they going to go out here and say, hey? We know we can't run the ball. We're going to pass the ball. You know, are they just going to abandon that? So, you know, it's uh, it'd be tough. And then I got Sirianni going up against a rookie coach going up against Deshaun Payton. You know, uh, that's 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 tough on its own right there. And um, New Orleans has been uh, cover machines uh, on the road and as underdogs. Um, 36 and 15 against the spread last 51 road games. Um, and then uh, the five and two straight up last seven games um, versus the Eagles. So 
Um, just a just a, a just a spot I think New Orleans is familiar with being in. And the Eagles might get Miles Sanders back, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. I think I've seen his name up there. Um, so that'd be yeah, that'd I've be seen that too. Phenomenal. Possibly, yeah, yeah, absolutely possibly. I think that's a possibility. That'd be big for them. So, um, any uh, anything else on this game? No, nope, nothing else for me on that one. Gotcha. Okay. Um, oh, another bonus game I had here. Um, uh was the uh was the uh the Monday night game um Giants and Bucks some uh just some notes something to keep your eye on here um just to give you some um one thing I did see with the Bucks um and I'm I'm a guy I don't I don't like to look to fade Brady. It's just something I just feel like it's just is so many other games. Why would I look to try to bet against Brady? But um one thing, if you watch Brady and you watch LeBron, uh, even in NBA, they there's parts of the seasons where you they go in these lulls, and you can look to really fade them because either there's disinterest, you know, they're older, so they go into a space where it's about fatigue or just trying to get some rest, or you know, um, they're not as interested. Whatever the case may be, you have opportunities to to kind of fade against them. Um, and looking at how Tampa Bay played last week um, without the weapons, if he don't have his weapons back, um, he was very quick to get the ball out of his hands. He just looked like he just wanted to just he, – he didn't want to take any risks. Very short, quick passes, a lot of passes to the running back. Um, and I think that might be the space, you know, going into the later part of the season that Tampa Bay is in where for them it's more so we just got to get guys healthy. Uh, bottom line like so I wouldn't be surprised if you know the next you know going back to last week next few games you know it's not a lot of margin games that they beat people by um just because I'm not sure if they're in a phase they're just in a weird phase of their season um and then Tampa Bay doesn't uh Tom Brady doesn't really play well in night games um just because I think there's a body clock thing you know I think he's early the early sleeper it's hard to um you know play those late games and um give you some perspective of the spread from this game uh from last year tampa bay was favorite 12 and a half in new york last year uh, on the road um and they um giants covered that game by three so fast forward to this year this game is now 11 in tampa bay so uh it's it's a big, big flip of points there, uh, five, six points going to this game. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants keep this game close to cover this game. Um, and I wouldn't – this one game I had on the list, uh, even to possibly move the Giants from 11 up to 17 or 11 and a half up to 17, depending on where you got this one. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a um, – just an ugly game from the Bucks. I don't know if this is a game they just go out here and blow them out. Um, but it's dependent upon what kind of weapons Brady has back, you know. Uh, uh, so if Gronk, AB, those guys are back, um, you know, then, yeah, pause for concern. But, you know, this Giants team has a staff that's played against him, played with Tom Brady multiple times. So very familiar with what he wants to do, what he likes. And 
you know, I think this one that the Giants can put together a game plan to keep this similar, similar to what they did against Kansas City on Monday night a few weeks ago. Um, um, I don't know if you had any thoughts about this one, but this is one I just wanted to mention a few brief things about. Uh, nothing too much for me um, on this game. Maybe the, the over on the uh, on on uh, the running backs for net rushing yards fifty five. That's probably really it. I don't really have too much real on that game. I'm I'm hesitant to bet against Brady. But what you said makes sense. I remember that game last year, so I definitely think it's a possibility where Brady can get skunked. Or a definitely a Giants to cover because of so many points. So either way, I'm, I'll be paying attention to where the money is coming and how that line moves as it concludes before the game starts or starts on Monday. Yeah, no, for sure. Cool. Well, yeah, man, that's uh, I think that's the slate of the games there. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. Everything uh, got everything out. All right. Hey, well, that concludes uh, week 11, episode 11 of All Bets In. Um, I'm B. Spurl. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spurl Online. Um, and where can they find you at, Rich? Uh, you can find Moneyline Rich on Twitter. Uh, we'll be a little hiatus, a hiatus on Facebook. I'm on Instagram for a while, but find me on uh, at Moneyline Rich on Twitter. And I get out there giving a game. Obviously, you can follow us on the the My Guy Sports on Twitter as well. We'll be starting to get more active on that as well. Uh, no, for sure. And uh, and the main page, uh, My Guy Sports, um, IG, My Guys with a Z underscore sports, and Twitter at My Guy Sports. Um, 69% so far. Uh, so try to keep that, stay on that winning track going into this week. And um, – and then I uh, mentioned I also post different plays sometimes on Spurlow Line. So um, doing well on that page as well. Um, and then you can always contact us via email team at myguysports.com. Uh, appreciate you guys joining in, uh, listening this week. Uh, hope you guys have a great week and, uh, you know, cash your tickets tomorrow. Hey, cash them in, go get that money. You guys have a good, uh, good weekend. All right. Later. Thanks for tuning in to All Bets In with My Guy Sports. With My Guy Sports. Check us out next time and remember to bet responsibly.